whaki nga te whakaaro ki a puta he kōrero, kai nga te kōrero ki a puta he rangatira e ngā iwi e noho nei i runga i te ika a Māui tsukitsuki a taranga taino atu ki te waka a Māui e whakarongo mai ana ki tēnei o ngā i pāho e mei ngā kenei ko whakaaro Fridays tēnā koutou o tira tēnā taua. Tēnā rā tātou, tēnei ka mihi i runga i ngā ahua tanga o te wā I tēnei wiki e ki a nei ko te wiki o te reo Māori No reilei mihi ana ki ngā kaupapa puta noa i te mutu E haka rangatira nei, e haka ora nei E haka tairanga nei i tō tātou reo ki a pikiatura ki tōna nei taumata E aku rangatira puta noa, tēnā rā koutou, o tira tēnā rā tātou I'm going to be starting this podcast in the usual way Kā kōrero hi ake e au, ko e nei mea ko ngā take o te wā so I'm going to be talking about current affairs and things that have uh, been affecting, particularly uh, us as Māori, uh, in uh, the month that's been. Tuatahiake, first off, I want to talk about uh, the COVID vaccination rollout in Māori communities. Uh, and I guess the first point to make is uh, that it hasn't uh, met the mark, or at least initially, uh, when we first went into this uh, lockdown, this national lockdown, and there was huge priority placed on vaccination in the community to stamp out COVID-19. Um, the uh, application of um, the vaccination program in Māori communities um, was just not good enough from the start. And even um, Labour ministers, um, Willie and um, Willie Jackson and Penny Hinare have um, have admitted that that's the case, and that's obvious in the statistics as well. Uh, Māori are still very much behind in terms of vaccination rates compared to non-Māori and Aotearoa and that's particularly so amongst uh, the 20 to 34 year old um, cohort of Tewi Māori so a lot of rangatahi Māori uh, basically um, not being reached uh, through this uh, vaccination program uh, but things are starting to um, improve slowly but surely uh, and there are initiatives being uh, run led, implemented by Rangatahi Māori to improve um, the vaccination rates of Māori and try fill in some of those gaps um, when it comes to vaccination rates for Rangatahi Māori. Uh, no reile ko tāku ki a tātou ki te hunga Rangatahi e hakarongo mai ana, tēnā e huama haere ki a wero hia koe ki tēnei rongo a uh, mō te oranga o tātou puta noi te motu uh, te take. And I think if there's any re- reservations, uh, the way I think about it, uh, this is for the livelihood and betterment of our kuia kaumatua um, as well as our tamariki mokopuna and we're sort of that group that sits in the middle uh, and we may not be personally as affected in terms of our health uh, but would be very good at um, carrying this mate or this disease to other cohorts of our of our community to other parts of our whanau so I think te mea nui, me whakaaro nui, haere, uh, kia wero hia koe, go and get your vaccine e hoama. Uh, now, speaking of vaccines, uh, we know that uh, ACT Party leader David Seymour um, has been under fire after tweeting out a priority access code for Māori to get access to the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, specifically um, being provided at uh, Waipareira, uh, which is in West Auckland. So uh, what happened was there was this code that was shared to uh, Māori living in West Auckland um, to be able to uh, get their vaccination without having to wait in line basically so it was a priority code and it was sent out privately 
um, to Māori in West Auckland uh, through an email database and it was private information um, not to be shared to the public for very good reasons. Uh, and some way or another, um, David Seymour got a hold of that email, screenshotted it uh, and tweeted it out to everyone and encouraged everyone to use it, um, which I think the best way to describe that is sabotage. Uh, he was sabotage, sabotaging um, this uh, intentional effort to improve and fill in those gaps that I just talked about um, in respect of Māori vaccination rates. Now I'm just going to go ahead and say it was a racist, idiotic uh, and shameful act by David Seymour and frankly I think um, he should be facing significant repercussions. Not only was it a breach of privacy uh, but it was just an inhumane act. Uh, it was an intentional effort to dismantle uh, what's being done at, in the communities at the community level to improve Māori health um, and it comes from this place, um, this false uh, belief that the improvement of Māori health and intentional efforts to improve Māori health automatically means that non-Māori are going to suffer for it but that's not at all uh, what this kaupapa was about uh, especially when you think about the context of COVID-19 it's in everyone's interest that everyone in Aotearoa, Māori mai, Pākehā mai, are vaccinated. Um, and the fact that there was this access code created to fill in those gaps um, in Māori communities was an effort that was going to benefit everybody. Uh, but David Seymour, um, yeah, I think he's probably too dumb to understand that. Uh, and I think he should really uh, be punished for his actions. And uh, speaking of racism, actually, moving on to a new tucket, I'm sure everyone's heard about this um, couple uh, who were snapped running away to Wānaka. Uh, they had devised this meticulous plan um, to cross the Auckland border uh, and make their way to Wānaka. Um, uh, and the basis of their escape was a, a false story that they were essential workers and that they had to go to Wānaka, but really they were just going to um, their holiday home there um, to chill out because they didn't want to be uh, in Auckland lockdown with everybody else. Now the media have already uh, treated this case quite differently uh, in its own publications of the story. If we hark back to um, the situation where a Māori woman was jailed for 14 days after fleeing MIQ, uh, one of the previous lockdowns, it was all over the media. There was no way you uh, wouldn't have known that the woman was Māori uh, because that was basically um, the first thing that was uh, shared about her uh, when that uh, when the information about her escape uh, came to light. If we compare that to the current publications about this uh, couple, uh, which are they're actually being referred to as the Wānaka couple, um, not the Pākehā couple or uh, anything like that, there's an immediate um, uh, inconsistency. Uh, with the treatment of this case. Uh, furthermore, uh, my prediction would be that um, the police are unlikely to press charges against this couple. I haven't seen any information come out about that yet. Uh, and any, even if they, they do, uh, I don't think that they're going to end up getting jail time in the same way that this mighty woman that I just referred to did. Now that's for two reasons. The justice system itself privileges Parker, um for a number of reasons, but also this couple have the resource to uh, to battle it out in courts uh, in a way where they're probably going to be successful in challenging any um, 
suggestion that uh, there'll be jail time. Um, the, the male of the relationship, uh, his mother is a judge. The female, she's a lawyer herself, and they have a QC working for them. Who A QC is like sort of the top end of um, the legal profession. So uh, that's really my guess. And the irony is, if we go back to the David Seymour situation, he questions uh, what, what he would probably deem to be um, a Māori privilege or privileges that are given to Māori. Uh, but we see playing out right in front of us uh, these Pākehā privileges uh, in situations where Māori wouldn't be so lucky. Um, so, yeah, that's quite a, a distinct irony, I guess, that we should uh, always keep in mind and question and be critical about. Ana te kōrero hakamutunga, um, the last taki o te wā, uh, the Māori Party have recently launched a petition um, to change officially the name of this country, uh, which is New Zealand, to Aotearoa. And the Māori Party is also pushing for all reo Māori place names to be officially restored across the country in the next five years. Now this is uh, playing out against the backdrop of a number of comments on social media in particular um, criticising the use of Aotearoa and describing uh, this country that we live in. And a lot of people have been quite riled up by it uh, and no doubt those same people are even more riled up about this petition. Uh, but despite those uh, people there have there's been a swell a huge swell of support uh, for the petition uh, and i think uh, it's a great move and that it's restoring uh, mana maori uh, matauranga maori tikanga maori all those things that come with um, the the names that we place on our whenua uh, on the places from which uh, we come as tiwi maori from which we um, derive our own whakapapa as tiwi maori now, a lot of people might criticize this and say, you know, they're sort of bigger fish to fry. Uh, there are important, more important kaupapa perhaps um, that uh, the Māori Party should focus on. Uh, I think that sort of argument can apply uh, to any sort of initiative, uh, to any sort of kaupapa. And I think the Māori Party is doing great uh, at the moment and doing probably the, the best thing that it can do at the moment as a minority uh, in opposition is to really make noise, uh, to shake the whare, uh, and to be disruptors and challengers of um, these constructs that uh, constantly restrict, limit and suffocate um, the progress of Te Ao Māori a uh, And obviously this is happening during Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori, which I've already talked about. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's a special moment in history. And I think um, it's something that we'll look back to, um, just like the Māori language petition, um, in the 70s and we'll think yeah that was a, a great moment in history no reira kia kahara tātou ki te tautoko ake uh, i te hoki ngā mai uh, o te ingoa Aotearoa ki runga ki tēnei whenua uh, i roto nei te ture Kia ora mai rai tiwi uh, no mai hoki mai ki tēnei takapau kōrero o Kāra Fridays uh, no mai uh, ki te teringa tua ono uh, or, or tēnei kaupapa a tātou. Um, kia ora everyone and welcome into the sixth um, iteration of this podcast of uh, Whakaaro Fridays um, and today uh, we have a, a special guest with us um, and she will introduce herself um, soon uh, but before she does that um, the, the topic of conversation uh, in this podcast is reclaiming our Māori selves. Uh, nō reira, uh, te wi kia, kia mai. 
Um, so, e hoa, uh, e, e taku tuahine, pa whai wahi mai, uh, pēnā whakamohio mai, uh, ko wai koe, i ahu mai koe, i awai, uh, i hia rānei, te mea, te mea. Um, please introduce yourself, e hoa. Uh, tēnā koe, te ngāne, uh, tēnā koe, te karanga, uh, ko, ko leap out to kuringua, uh, he uri tēnei, uh, no te taitoke rau, no te kāhui maunga, uh, uh, so kia ora everyone, kia ora te iwi. Uh, I'm a descendant uh, from many places uh, in the North Island. Uh, my father is from Ngāti Hine up in uh, Motutau. And uh, my mother, uh, her father is also from uh, up north, uh, mainly around the Te Rarawa area. I had lots of ties as well to to Taimuri, uh, Ngati to Faretoa, uh, and also to Taranaki, uh, and that's uh, a bit of a, a journey that we're we're still uh, taking to find out about uh, our connections there. Mm. Uh, and then her mother was from uh, Ngati to Faretoa and and Taimuri as well, uh, all across Te Rohe Pōtai, the King Country. Mm. Yeah, kia ora. Oh, te, te nā koe, tu ahi nei mihi nui ana i o tātai whakapapa, ai o tapu i o wehi, um, i, i oa mea katoa kei lunga i a koe. Yeah, um, it's really awesome to hear about you, where you come from, and I think that ties in perfectly with the with the kaupapa, with the topic um, that we'll be discussing um, in this this podcast, which is reclaiming our Māori selves. And I think um, that when we're in context and we're introducing ourselves, that's, that's sort of a point where... Um, there's sort of a uh, a concentration of of um, expressions of identity which tie into um, who we are, who we come from, pakapapa, etc. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to to unpicking um, that a bit more in, in this in this quarter. Um, and before we we get into those sort of hōhonu, those partai hōhonu, or those deeper questions, just a, a bit of a light one to to start us off. I've asked this to a few of my um, manuhiri, um, but if, if you could do a podcast with any person, um, dead or alive, um, who would that person be? Oh, good part. I probably my kuraua. Oh, there, are, there are lots yeah. of questions. Oh, I mean, there's probably mm. people, but it's the first one that comes to mind, and yeah. a lot of a lot of questions I still have. Um, since he, he departed this world a few years mm. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Gee, I'll talk about that now. Beautiful. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, that's, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially in this, again, coming back to this kaupapa and reclaiming ourselves. Um, a part of that is sort of reconnecting to the people that we come from. And unfortunately, a lot of us have sort of missed out on that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, mihi ana ki tēnā whakaaro. Tāpoi. Oh, well, we started off with a, a sort of easy one, straight into our, our next part, though. Um, maybe not that easy. Hoi not just to, before we get into this conversation on reclaiming our Māori selves, what does being Māori mean to you, Tuahine? What does that look like? This is probably a, a response that uh, many others have had. I'd, I'd say it's, it's everything. Mm. I think about whakapapa and connection to everything, you know it's all linked 
yeah i think about also that it's it's a journey and it mm. looks different too and for everyone yeah for I sure think about how a lot of the time being maori um means to fight uh, both internally within yourself and and externally mm. um, to exist to grow uh, to make mistakes mm. uh, undisturbed perhaps by by world views uh, imposed by by others by outsiders mm. yeah mm. Gee, yeah that's um it's a great way of putting it it's a, it's it's so it's almost um impossible to just put into words what what being maori means what that looks like um what that feels like what that sounds like all of those things there yeah, we can attempt to sort of express that but i think um, it would be impossible to to capture entirely um because it is being maori is more than just um having whakapapa maori but it's an expression of um of your your life and how you live your life and wow. it's a it's a collection i guess of lived experiences um and it's all tied up in whakapapa history um and things that have happened and also perhaps things that are going to happen in the future so um yeah muhiana kito kito hakautu um uh, yeah i think that's right i think it changes as well mm. it's not static it doesn't it's not like you you define it one day and it stays like that i think it can it can move and flow and sometimes mm. we can we can forget that too yeah um, that, you know you um define yourself as as a maori as a um, someone staunch in their beliefs and so you have to fight on every co-pop and you can't compromise mm. um, but i you know i've learned that you can actually be you're still maori and mm. there's you're as a culture i don't know that we have allowed ourselves um to have the full spectrum of experiences and mm. still be able to say well yeah they're still maori and i'm still maori and mm. uh, recognize all of those things that still connect us mm. i think whakapapa is is a big part of that mm. um and not just ancestral lineage but the other um corridor around whakapapa and the connection between all yeah, things yeah tika yeah tika tena mihiana yeah that's um it's a great way of putting it i think that uh, our concentration on whakapapa can be a little bit uh, while well, our view of whakapapa can be a little bit limited and that it's um often defined just the the sense of genealogy um but whakapapa i think it, it's broader than that it's about context um it's about sort of the the wider um background um that that's part of your your makeup um yeah and i think if we're going to have these conversations about what being maori means it needs to be um equally sort of a, as wide and reflective of that bigger picture of that sort of overall um ahuatanga or this this all that surrounds us that we call te ao maori Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, um, so, and, and I guess a disclaimer that uh, we, neither of us here are claiming to be um, sort of the, uh, the only people that can define uh, what being Māori means, <laughs> just our, our own whakaaro. Um, but just to, to um, talk a bit more about you, Tuahine, and your, your own lived experiences. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess what is... What was it? What was your upbringing like? Was 
was embracing being Māori always part of your life or was that something that sort of um, that you've come up uh, you've sort of happened upon in, in later years or yeah what is your your whakapapa so to speak yeah I think earlier on in my life I'm what 100% guilty of being ashamed to be Māori um, mm. you know, oh. for a period of 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 my life um, mm. and I you know I grew up in South Auckland in Mangere Bridge and Mangere went through mainstream schooling mm. and there was a time and I hope this has changed by now um, mm. where, where it wasn't cool to be Māori um, yeah. and there, oh. there are a lot of factors that went into that Mm. Uh, the way that we were portrayed in the media um, yeah. it was awful and and it still is I think it's yeah. improved somewhat but mm. um, still remnants of that um, yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't remember celebrating things like matariki uh, or the language mm. and what important schools is nothing like what we have now mm. and I'm you know, I'm Tangata Whenua from South Auckland, from Ngāti Te Ata, Te Waiohua. Mm. Mm. Uh, but I never knew that growing up. You know, I wasn't taught. Um, no one in my family told me. Mm. Uh, I always knew I was Māori. Mm. I come from a big, uh, big whanau. Uh, was raised um, by my grandfather, uh, who lived with us and my parents. Um, he was a native speaker and mm. part of that generation who was strapped at school for speaking. Mm. And so it wasn't something that he ever really encouraged, not until his later years. Mm. Um, but even then, you know, it was it was always kind of secondary. Um, as uh, he was more like, well, I want you to to get the most out of out of education. You need to go to university, mm. um, and he said the same thing for his kids. Um, but that intergenerational transmission of the language um, mm. stopped with him. Um, so both my parents are, are Māori um, and they're part of that first generation, I'd say, who are, who are robbed of any opportunity to inherit the language from their parents. Yeah. And there are heaps of reasons for that as well, um, mainly to do with, I think, the, the upbringing of, of their own parents um, and the, the loss of value, the oppression, um, colonization really and the impacts of that um, so we're almost a classic urban Māori tale you mm. might say uh, I do it back to the marae and things for, for tangihanga mm. and yeah just little little bits of the language but I remember for most of my life not really um, understanding too much um, despite having access to um, native speakers um, Obviously, there was still this uh, hangover where, you know, they, were, they weren't in a position to be able to give that language to us, mm. um, not directly. Mm. Um, yeah, and so that, I think, um, had a big impact on, on what it meant to be Māori growing up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that that your your experience, there are definitely things that I can relate to, and what you're talking about, mm. yeah, yeah, in respect of feeling embarrassed or ashamed to be Maori. Um, that's something I've talked about on on previous podcasts, and that, um, and it wasn't even that long ago that I felt that way, and it's um, only recently I think that um, there have been quite significant um, 
societal changes which have um, made that sort of that that feeling of shame has sort of fallen away because I mean we're we're in the thick literally of, of te wiki o te reo Māori um, mm. mahuru Māori and every time I go on like social media platforms there are some someone's talking about how amazing it is um, to speak Māori um, and you know recently um, there have been all these waiata Māori that have um, that have come out um, and by non-Māori artists as well and uh, we might talk about that soon but sort of all of these mm. things are coming up where it's like oh it's actually pretty cool um, to be Māori but I think which I think would would help a lot of people in this journey of reclaiming themselves but I think we have to recognize that it wasn't that long ago that um, things weren't that way and uh, it was like being a Māori being Māori was so was was burdensome really or um, or just something that uh, that made your life sort of difficult um, and so yeah I think it's it's important to to acknowledge that dynamic um, and there might sort of be residue you know of, of that still um, that people are uh, being challenged by I think mm. I think that's right Tungani it's a it's a constant battle I think and like the compromise that you that you can feel especially um, in uh, roles like like yours and, and mine um, as there's lawyers um, the mm. compromises that you feel there um, mm. just living in, in a country that's still called New Zealand um, mm. all of these conversations that are coming out now um, they're like growing pains of our of our country you know mm. um, big realizations are happening and and some quite tough difficult quarter um, mm. helping unpack a lot of this trauma uh, that mm. our people are going through yeah mm. yeah definitely yeah and I think so so in, in light of that uh, you talked about your experiences growing up uh, you're mm. ashamed to be Maori and um, but but things have obviously changed for you or did change for you at some point now you're a leader in um, the world of te reo Maori um, you're a graduate graduate of Te Panikiritanga. You're uh, you're an amazing wahine Māori who happens to be uh, a lawyer, uh, is, and you're just doing great things for your iwi, for your people. Um, so, so what changed um, for you to wahine, and, and how did you get to where you are today? Oh, kia ora. Um, geez, e ahua whakabāna hau. Kaua. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your mihi. Uh, I don't know if I'd call myself a, a leader. Um, but I think a few things began to click in place for me at university and I met a lot of different people and mm. um, back to that spectrum of, of experiences of our people. Mm. I think up until that point, I lived in, in real ignorance. Mm. I mean, I had my own experiences of growing up out south and, but I, and perhaps I still um do have some of those that that ignorance mm. um but i yeah i ended up going to to university um mm. listened to my korowa who had convinced or maybe brainwashed me into thinking that i'd be able to help him and, and our whanau and our people by becoming a lawyer mm. and i found um a whanau at law school uh, te rākau ture Mm. and learned so much from them um, and places like Ngātauira Māori like the Māori Students Association and the Māori Law Students Association 
and there were kind of from all, all walks of life and um, I had kind of seen you know the differences um, between and that's that's my own observations I thought mm. wow like there's there's something um, there's something else happening here and I learned about things like te ahu matua kura kaupapa and also various ways in which you you can you can fight um, for our people mm. about out of the advocacy leadership uh, about aroha mm. about all of um, you know back to these um, these new people in my life and their different iwi mm. uh, also about the different levels of, of disconnect mm. of of disenfranchisement and there was a there was a huge amount of, of growth in there for me and it kind of um, I think I was already on this pathway but it kind of cemented that for me and, and I think I'm still on there mm. um, yeah, kind of navigate a few things yeah um, but yeah I think that was probably a big a big turning point for me and and understanding my a lot of the gaps in knowledge um, with Te Reo Māori uh, mm. and Te Ao Māori as well. I mean, it was, it's probably hard still to swallow that you had to go, that I had to go to a Pākehā institution to be, <laughs> yeah. get all of that back. I was just going to say, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you, mm. you go back, you pay for it with your time, mm. uh, with your pūtea, um, and it's, you know, student loans and all of that, and then you mm. couldn't, and you can't just go back to... Um, your own whānau or, you know, that immediate um, route home mm. um, is quite, you know, it's it's around the back. There's no right way to do it, I don't think. No. Um, but that, that probably um, was the biggest uh, turning point for me. Mm. Yeah, it woke me up to a lot of things. Um, I ended up working as a community lawyer first mm. as well when I came out of law school mm. um, out in West Auckland. Mm. And it taught me the big difference between... The big differences between West and South Auckland. Mm. Um, anyone that lives in Tamaki will kind of kind of see the difference. You know, the demographics are quite similar, but they're they're yeah. very very different. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and just helping out people from from all different angles, um, and really understanding from a grass grassroots level what that can look like, mm. and that instills like a a bigger fight within you. I think. Um, mm. To make systemic change, and I mean, there's frustrations um, at that level too mm. of um, dealing with individuals on a case by case um, basis, and just feeling stuck. It's still like a very broken, broken system. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think sort of some key themes from from that corridor are that um, that everyone's journey. To get to where they want to be i guess looks different and there's no one uh one set or right way um to to get there and i think as long as you're sort of uh um i think that's sort of if anything is sort of will will drive you in the right direction um and also that um this this journey it's um it's a never-ending one <laughs> and um, that sort of settled for me only recently I was listening to an interview um, with uh, between Julian Wilcox and Rania Harrison on Te Taumata Kōrero 
and, yeah. you know, even Julian Wilcox, he's a fella that I look to, you know, here, Atua, te, te tangata, mm-hmm. like, uh, he's, like, he's up there, and he was saying, you know, I, you know, I'm still learning things, I still commit time um, to to learn whakapapa, karakia, all of these things, and I was thinking, yeah, well, I think um, anyone sort of looking to commit to this journey, I think at the very start needs to accept that this is um, this is something that will never end, but that's the beauty of it, um, I think, and yeah, te tangata, um, to the very end, that's um, that's how uh, how long this journey is going to take. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely right, and we just never stop learning. Um, mm. I mean, it reminds me so much of um, my material journey in particular. Mm. Um, you know, you reach the end of all of the courses that you can do, but there's still so much to learn. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah the difficulties of continuing on that journey and you know nitpicking over things finding books and mm. um, across all of these really old treasures you know that's where um, the learning is and creating new uh, pieces of learning as well mm. you know our culture isn't stuck it's allowed to to grow and develop mm. um, and we uh, you know we can still still create things as well Mm. Um, we can create new matauranga, um, mm. you know, based on our old principles. Um, and I, I think there's, I don't know if this is for everyone, but um, there's something about the injustices that happen to our people that um, that drive you. Like there, are, there's a lot of motivation that mm. what well, I, I find in that, um, and the I'm, I'm really what pushes me i mean it all switches up a few gears when mm. you have children um, and you sure. start to think well what am i going to leave um behind for them how can i um mm. i mean people always want to give more to their to their children they want to mm. leave a better world um, for their mokopuna mm. and so you, yeah, you just you trying to make um, more pathways or make it make it easier or mm. create, you know um, easier systems for them uh, mm. so that the navigating of the world is just a little bit easier so that they don't have to fight the same fights. Mm. Um, there's no inheriting of the same battles. You know, those fights have already been won, and they can fight um, new battles, um, push the margins a bit mm. further. Um, yeah, that's kind of. What, what's really um, the motivation for me mm. and, and what keeps me going? Yeah, awesome. I, I want to go back to that point that you made about because I could definitely relate about um, sort of it's, it's hard to accept the fact that um, you and I, I had to do this as well, but you had to go to a university, to a Pakia institution, which was mm. uh, essentially designed to. Um, destroy Matauranga Māori, Te Reo Māori, all those things. Um, you had to go back there. You had to go to such an institution to reclaim um, your reo. And I think that's ironic and it's frustrating. And I think a, a parallel to that is that, you know, what um, the, the, the pātai, what do you think is the role of non-Māori institutions and non-Māori people um, generally in this, in the revitalization of Māori identity, do you think? I think, and what springs to mind is 
you know, Taab Iran's Kotibol, um, sorry, his Iran Mutu and um, mm. the Waiata that he wrote for her, and mm. you know, Pato Ringa Kingaraka at the Pakeha. Mm. Uh, use the, the tools and resources of the Pakeha that are available to you. Mm. Uh, but I think my ultimate hope is that, you know, those institutions become redundant at some point. Uh, of the uh, as houses of knowledge uh, that belongs mm. to our people uh, that that will be repatriated it'll be returned mm. um, you know all of the mana that goes with that mm. uh, you know mm. and and I, I think Waikato is um, is perhaps a, a modern day example of that you know yeah. um, um, Tainui, um, Te Wānanga, Orotawa uh, mm. as well. Mm. Um, yeah, as as institutions. For me, I, I think of them as as Māori institutions. Mm. Um, but maybe that looks that looks different in future. Maybe it mm. goes all the way back to um, our marae, which you know that was our those were our institutions um, mm. traditionally. Um, there might already be some that that exists like that. Um, I'm not mm. I'm not too sure to know there, but yeah. Um, yeah, my my ultimate hope is that all of that gets returned. Um, but in the meantime, I do see the value in those institutions, um, like our our tipuna did, um, mm. and the many of them that worked in them um, created lots of those books and resources, and mm. and yeah, they've. You know they've they've housed our, our knowledge for this long and, and helped in that transmission of knowledge um, to ensure mm. that it, it still lives on today. Um, so me I guess. Mm. Yeah, true. <laughs> to go as hard as it might be. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know? mm. Yeah. And I think I'm stepping that down from the institutional level to the sort of individual level. Um, and I'm. I think, and linking to uh, the recent quarter that's come out about um, Lord's new album, right? I think mm. uh, in Te Reo Māori, it's been um, translated and sung by her in Te Reo Māori. Uh, and there, there's been a bit of backlash about that, you know, people saying, you know, why is, why are, um, are questioning sort of the, the glorification of a, of a Pākehā uh, woman um, singing Te Reo Māori. And I, I, to, uh, to a certain extent, to a certain extent, I, I understand where, um, those Ricardo might be coming from. I, I, I do get that there's this sort of underlying and perverse irony in, in, the, in acknowledging um, or, or even relying on, on Pākehā to be um, significant actors in the revitalization of, of Te Reo Māori. Mm-hmm. I understand that because um, as, as much as we like for this journey to be one that's that's led by Māori, which I think it still essentially is. Um, I, I think some people are, have reservations, um, perhaps from a lack of mistrust, but I think we, we all just need to accept that um, uh, it's gonna require more than just Māori. Uh, we need uh, Māori and non-Māori alike to be on this journey together to really achieve um, sort of that critical mass uh, that's, that's required for, um, for te reo Māori to be alive and well again, and not just te reo Māori, but all, all other things that come with that. Um, but pēhea o whakāro ki tēnā, Kuehine, what are your, what are your thoughts on, on that? I, 
yeah i can i can totally relate to to some of our whanau that are really hurting over mm. this and that's it in my experience as a second language learner um, mm. who became fluent as an adult and that that unease that mamai that you feel yeah. um, and you know maybe a, it might be a non-maui that's a bit further along on the te reo journey they don't have all of that baggage um mm. you know that some of the the feelings that um Pirapi and I talk about um you know it's you look back on your life before you become a speaker and you think like I've I've missed out on on this childhood um mm. with this um it's almost like like seeing the world in, in 2020 vision um mm. You know, and I realize now that I was probably walking around like half a person effectively mm. um, for yeah, that whole yeah. time. And the language, you know, it's a key. It's it, it won't give you everything, mm. um, but it's definitely a key to finding, um, or was for me, um, the rest of of my person. I think, or will set me on the path to that uh, made it a whole lot easier. It's a massive jigsaw piece mm. um, in the puzzle, and it's like when they say. You don't know what you've lost until it's gone, but mm. for us, it's you don't know what you've lost until you get it back, um, and that yeah, could true. be for for our language, for sure land. Um, you know, you. I think we can shortchange ourselves um, if we, when we don't have uh, our language. It's a like the poverty of of a mono of a mono of a monolinguist. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. living with one language um, mm. and that being the language of of your colonizer mm. that that kind yeah. of poverty is it's a poverty of identity and it impacts mm. on your quality of life Jeez, and yeah. that was perhaps um some of the biggest differences that i see in um you know some of um and maybe it's like a, you know, the inner um, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, you know, that yeah. um, kind of opens you up to something. Um, and it says a lot about ego um, mm. and about, uh, you know, think about um, psychology and your ego being there to kind of protect you. But once you can kind of get past mm. that, um, yeah, the your life will be infinitely richer. Mm. Um, once you kind of acquire that other part of yourself mm. so, um mm. yeah that, that's kind of um my thoughts around it and i you know the the language it might seem like there's lots of hype around it and it's everywhere mm. but it's still in the equivalent of you know the hospital icu on life support yeah and our you know they're being termed allies i think they're still really important. Mm. Um, you think about, you know, the the research out there around the Zeppa modeling. I think mm. that's still really valid. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the we're trying to aim for um, language usage in the home and intergeneral transmission. Mm. I think that's what you need for ultimate survival. Mm. But I'm not thinking about just a world where our language our language survives. I want it to see it thriving mm, you know Yoda, exactly Yoda. it's um the first language of our of our tamariki mm. 
and trying to create environments or a world, a country where the language that they that they speak, their language of Aroha, mm. um, is is valued by society, and they're actually encouraged to use it. It's not just tolerated. Mm. Um, something it's not something that they um, that you're allowed to speak. Mm. We're aiming for something more than that. Um, we're aiming for you know you have the ability to walk into a store and um, the you know everyone greets you. It's basically like um, you know here porphyry um, everywhere and mm. you know I I also ask that our allies remember that the journey for Maori learning their own languages is riddled with trauma. Mm. and they have a huge role in, in supporting us through that yeah, true. Um, like I said you know they don't go into classes with the same kind of baggage um, no. it doesn't hurt they don't feel like they've been robbed of a childhood or anything like that mm. um, and yeah. sometimes that support might mean leaving spaces for Māori only to navigate yeah. um, that healing in a, in a safe way um, so yeah I, I do hear it when um, you know it's like how come this young rich Pākehā woman gets access to my language and I don't um, and there's you know a number of different reasons you don't have time you don't have money you've got kids yeah um, yeah all of these things mm. um, so I really hear that um, mm. but I also see the other side of it too and mm. you know um, all of um, the people that I, I really look up to um, mm. you know Papa um, he papa tera no taiwa. Um, and I can see that they are also trying to create um, those spaces, those environments outside uh, a, a Maori language speaking home uh, mm. that our kids can go to. You know, we've got a my 13 year old whangai. Uh, we were playing cards the other night, and you know, she said, Oh, um, and this was maybe the day that the Waiata anthems came out and she kind of just went into um, a bit of a sulk mm. um, and so that's still there you know our kids don't yeah true that our language is cool these waiata don't feel cool mm. and waiata anthems i think i thank them mm. um, because that's part of the right shifting that they're helping to do um making our language valued um you know increasing its value and, and um, it's a hard pill to swallow mm. uh, and people are allowed to feel hurt and angry about it mm. uh, i think it means um, it's good. We're, we're checking in on ourselves, you know. Um, mm. Maybe the the horse is bolted. Well, it's, mm. it's all moving a bit too fast, and we've got to think about how we can support um, our own whānau first mm. um, to make sure uh, that they have the best opportunity to to learn our language. Mm. And you know, it reminds me of um, the work that we do as Kaiapore on Māori. Mm. And you know, I don't, I don't do that work thinking about all of the non-Maori. I could is always thinking about our people first. Mm, um, all of that work that I do is um, is for you if you're listening. 
um, you're always at the front of mind. So it can be it can be pretty devastating when you walk into a classroom, and um, you know I, I can't see the Maori um, in the yeah. class, can't see them on the register, okay. um, all of the how they come out. Um, and it's still cool to be able to share our, our language um, because, like I said, it goes into that right shift thing. It means that um, mm. that the language is valued and, and that's that's actually a survival um, technique. It's mm. a strategy. Um, mm. You know, read Mahi Karona, read about the survival of the Hebrew language, mm. um, you know, from, from pretty much the grave um, to where it is now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I also know that it's not as simple as signing up, turning up to a class. You know, I find I'm still worrying about putting gas in my car, yeah, um, getting out of bed, um, and catering to everyone else's needs before their own. Mm. Um, yeah. But you know, um, all of us kai o Māori, we're here when you're ready. Mm. Uh, yeah, and in the meantime, you know, um, do what you can. Um, mm. Listen to Scotty's audio book. Um, while you sleep, listen to Tutting Up Podcasts, Fakawa mm. Fridays, lap up all these new Waiatari on Māori. Mm. You know, what a time to be alive. Tika. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, tika toine. Yeah, tautoko katoa nei o kōrero. Definitely support everything you're saying. I think, ko te, uh, te, ko te, ko te mea ke tēnei haerenga e hara i te, hara i te haerenga māma, uh, he nui ngā, ngā piere nuku, Karangona, ngā wero karangona. Engari, ko te mea nui kia haere tonu, kia koke tonu, kia piki tonu ki te taumata e wawatahi ana. So yeah, I think it's the short of it is that this journey of identity and reclaiming ourselves, it's not an easy one. There are a lot of battles, internal, external, and... Uh, I think it's really just about staying the path and uh, accepting that it's about progress, not perfection. Um, I think kuna kuna pia te te mea nui. Um, but any just to hey corner off a couple pia tuahine. If you could, if you could go back to yourself and your younger self and give yourself some sort of um, advice in respect of um, your 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 journey of reclamation, um, what would that be, tuahine? I would say. Um, I've got three three points. Um, do it and do it as soon as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. um, you will thank yourself for it. Your mokopuna will thank you for it. Mm. Do it with aroha. Mm. Um, so be kind to yourself. Uh, be kind uh, with your time, with your space. You know, know that no journey is the same. Um, the language, um, the the door to tell Maori will always be there. Um, you can start, you can pause when you need to, you can start again and again and again. Mm. Um, and, you know, I'm still on this journey myself. Um, mm. My goal is really to equip my whanau, like I said, and leave them with more than what I was gifted. Mm. And you can start wherever you want. You can start with papa. you can start with te reo Māori, you can start with kapahaka. It's, it's all there waiting for you. Um, mm. I also accept my my privilege. You know, I went to university, had time to go to night classes, had friends in the same kaupapa, didn't mm. have to worry about um, putea, mm. and you know, had space to unpack all of that um, trauma, and, and still do. Mm. Uh, also, know that making mistakes is part of the journey. Mm. It's 
a journey of empowerment. Mm. You're literally giving mana, um, giving voice to to that Māori inside of you. Mm. Um, I think the the third point uh, that really helped me was to do it do it with Fano. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't be here without my Fano and friends who helped me along this path. Mm. Um, you know, you fall off the waka, you get back, you get pulled back on, um, and you do the same for others. And what Fano looks like will be different for everyone too. Mm. Yeah. Gee, e, e mihi nui ana tuahine uh, i, te, I te rangatira o kōrero. Um, yeah, I think I can't express uh, just how grateful I am to it. Um, and I'm sure the listeners will be um, uh, with having having you on this this podcast, sharing your journey, your experiences, um, and, and everything that has sort of made you who you are um, today mm-hmm. as a as a, um, uh, as a as a wahine Māori. Um, ね、え、ミヒノヤナ、キャクトゥエニトファイワヒタガマイ、あ、キテネコパパ、あ、コテケテコレロカパカイディアキキテポトゥアロモ、あ、オラニヌイエトゥネ、あ、キャトゥイホ